Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Thank you, Lord. I've read to you out of Psalm 143, verses 1 through 6, the cry of the psalmist. Seems like he's lost his bearing. Seems like there are things he's forgot or things he doesn't know based on the crowd, on, on the trial that he's going through. Let's talk for a moment about what the Bible says about the concept of God. So many people have a vague understanding of God and it's really shown when you have to put on heavy weight. Anybody can praise God when they hit the lotto. Anybody can praise God when they get their scratch off. But can you praise him when things are short? Can you praise him when you can't see him? Can you praise him when you get a bad doctor's report? Can you praise him when there's misunderstanding in your house? Can you praise him when you got to go to Jacksonville but you only have enough gas for Mims? Can you praise him anyway? Can you praise him when there's a misunderstanding with you and your pastor? Can you stay loyal and faithful? Or do you have a clique? You have people that you connected with. It's really not the word. It's your sisterhood or your brotherhood. And you're kind of missing the mark here. You get more excited about associations than you do about the kingdom. Now, if you say, well, Bishop, that's not me. Listen to me. It can happen to any one of us. It happened to the nation of Israel. As soon as they got in the wilderness, guess what they said? I'd rather go back to the association that I had in Egypt. We're talking about false gods. We're talking about, we're talking about false god associations. These are God's people that he delivered, and they're saying, let's go back to what we're familiar with. Please don't think that we're isolated from these tendencies. You go through some hard times, it's very easy to say I'm going back to what's familiar to me. This person understands me. That association is where I need to be. No, you need to be in the kingdom of God. And you need to be with the people of God. And you need to live a righteous life. And you need not to forsake to assemble yourselves together as others do. For as often as you assemble, you will gain strength. And so there are people who have a vague understanding of God. I want to correct that this morning. If something written or spoken is vague, it means it's not clear. It's not clear. If I'm vague in my speech, it means I didn't make it clear. And we need to express ourselves in a way that people can understand what we're trying to convey. I'm training my dogs and, uh, well, Nick is training them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found out that a lot of times their discrepancy is not based on them. It's based on my training. Actually, the trainer needs to be trained if you're going to train a dog. 
because there are people who begin to think the dog is a human being, talking to it like it's a baby. Sweetheart, oh, you love me because it's wagging. That's not how you train the dog. The dog is a pack animal. The dog that barks at everybody is the dog that thinks they're in charge. You this tall or this big and you think you can run the man out of the house. Rah, rah, rah. And the lady will allow the dog to sit in the lap and bark everybody else out. Because that makes you feel comfortable. But you got to put the dog in his place. Dogs go into kennels and they go into dog houses. They don't sleep in beds like kids and have blankets and covers and... and Sweaters. They're not children. Before your house, talking about 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 100, 200 years ago, they lived in caves. All dogs lived in caves. Unless you were rich or a king or whatever, you had your dog in the palace. Most dogs lived outside, even in the cold. So my point is, is that we, we, we have made dogs humans, but they're not humans. They don't even feel like us. They don't have a long-term memory. Uh, they have the mindset. Many of the intelligent breeds have a mindset or the intelligence of a two-year-old. A two-year-old. And you don't give a two-year-old a sermon. You say, this is what I'm expecting, and this is what I'm not. This is what I tolerate. This is what I, that's how you deal with a two-year-old. With the dog, we need to be trained. We tell the dog clear, no, stop. Like that, not, you know I don't like you hanging around my stuff. Don't you ever chew my stuff. He doesn't understand all of that. The dog usually responds to the voice tones. He know what I'm, he know he can tell or she can tell you're angry. You can condense it and say, no. Stop. They can tell you're angry because the dog will change. When they do good, you praise them. Good girl. Good boy. You got to make it come out of you like that. They'll respond to it. You don't just say good. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know, they, they listen to the voice tones. So the trainer needs to be trained, right? The trainer needs to be trained. When you're eating in a pack animal, a pack uh, group, the, the leader eats first. All of them, all of the rest of them will sit back and allow the leader, one of their own kind, to eat until they get tired. Then when they back up, the rest of them come and eat. But you think because the dog is at the table, you're supposed to give them scraps. You wait until I'm done. Wait until I'm done. You don't put your feet up on the, oh no. It wouldn't be tolerated in their world. So the trainer needs to be trained. Do you know this? There are things we don't know. There are things that we don't know. It's vague to us. And once you get the understanding, the light bulb comes on. It's like, whoa, I need to make some adjustments. I need to make some adjustments in my life. So when we're, when we're exact or when we are clear, that means we're precise in what we're doing. That's what God wants us to be more precise as we move forward, more exact, more accurate as we communicate, more specific, more details. Describe a room. Walk into a room and describe it. There's a chair over in the corner. There's a lamp. The lamp is off or the lamp is on. 
What type light? Is it fluorescent? Is it LED? And the more clear you are and specific you are, the more people will follow you today. Ain't nobody following a preacher. That's just nobody's following that anymore. We got to be clear in what we do. Can church say amen? Some people descriptions are very vague. Yeah, go down, go, you know, yeah, down there. Well, where, down where? You want me to go to Walmart or you want me to go to Kmart? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, it's Walmart, but it's down. Okay, which direction? Is it west or is it east? Is it north or is it south? Many of us have a vague understanding of God. We don't know if he's coming or going. We don't know if he's here. We don't know. We're so caught up in what we feel. He can be in the midst of us, but if, if, he, if he shifts a little bit, we're so caught up in what we feel, we can't flow with him because we don't know him. That's why I believe God wants me to preach about we need a little bit more direction, explanation, explanation and instruction as it relates to God so we won't have vague information. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9 and 11 through 11 reads like this. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the, the tree which I gave, which I commanded that you should not eat of? Let's talk about the distance and the, the vague relationship that we have with God. As you know, before this, in Genesis chapter 3, man was close to God. God walks in the garden, the presence of God and the presence of man, were in, there was an infusion. They were walking together almost in hand in hand. But something happened. Then it caused distance between God. God has always wanted to perfect the relationship with man. He's gone through great strains to bring us back to wholeness. You can't jump and grab God. You must first allow him to grab you. And he initiates the encounter. Thank you, Lord. Lord God called to Adam. In other words, I'm used to having a relationship with you. Then suddenly Adam is hiding. God says, where are you, man? Adam, where are you? What's up with you? Adam says, well, I realized that I was naked, so I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked? Why are so many false concepts of God? Why are there so many false concepts of God? This single passage here in Genesis chapter 3, verses 9 through 11 it really, really helps illustrate how so many false concepts of God have just invaded humanity. Once Satan, sin, and shame entered into the world, man hides himself from God. So if there's a devil in your life, if there's missing the mark in your life, and if there's shame in your life, You'll see yourself pulling back from God. We're living in a day now where there are people, multitudes of people saying, I'm close to God and I don't go to church. It's so, it is so far from the truth, it's amazing to me. 
Because if you knew God, if this, if you knew something about God, you would know that God is tied to his word, not to what you feel. And if his word says we need to assemble, you need to understand, okay, we got a pandemic, but after a while, I got to get back in, a, in compliance with what the word is saying about God because I can't see God. He's spirit, but he's given me his words and his words tell me about his character and what he desires. I need to line up with his word so I can be in full fellowship with our God. So anytime Satan comes in, he comes in to put distance between your understanding and the concepts that God wants you to know. Anytime sin comes in or shame comes in, he's trying to stop us from seeing who? Our God. What did Jesus do when he was encountered with the devil while in the wilderness? Satan is talking to him, having a conversation. Otherwise, he turned and said, get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, get out of my way. You're blocking my view. I don't want you to say, get thee behind me, Satan, because you don't have nobody watching your back. You better keep your eyes on the devil that's around you. You're not omnipresent. You're not omniscient. Glory to God. But there is a devil that we need to confront. The one that tells us no one likes you and I don't need church and I don't need, they hurt me and all, all this church hurt stuff. What are we talking about? Where are the warriors at? Where are the warriors at? Where are the people who can take a licking and keep on ticking? Well, I don't deal with Timex anymore. I'm at Movado. So what are we talking about now? I'm Boulevard now. What are we talking about? Not Movado. Those old phrases are gone. Where are the warriors at? The people that can take it and keep moving forward. The wind is blowing, but they still walk through it. There's fire, but they put on their suit and still try to search for the ones that are missing. There's towers coming down, but they still go through the rubble to see if there's somebody that survived. Where the warriors at? Well, what, there's a pandemic, but I'm going to wear my mask. I got to get these people. They'll pack it out. I'm talking about nurses who are standing up facing this stuff every single day. Where are the warriors at? And there's a warrior on the inside of you. Glory to God. There's a warrior. Is there a cause? If the cause is there, then you need to get up and start facing your fears and moving forward with clarity of mind, with, with, with clarity of vision. Glory to God. You need to become the new visionary. Glory to God. Someone gave me a wonderful statement here a few weeks ago, and I adopted it. Glory to God. I'm moving from being CEO. I'm moving to being uh, C-O-V. C-V-O. Not a CEO. C-V-O. Chief Visionary Officer. I need to see what's out in front of me. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm not sitting up in a room somewhere and just giving people commands. I need to see beyond the room. What's happening in the future? And the warriors need to come out. And the warriors need to face their fears. And the women that know what time it is, been hurt, knocked down, but God still gave you strength to move forward. We need you to rise up now. Hallelujah. For years, taking care of kids and doing this and that. And still, glory to God, not having everything you need. But you know God is with you. And you know there is a cause. And you're not going to let any situation stop you. Well, the real warrior is that the men who've stood 
uh, steel and, and made sure everything is connected and together, glory to God. Through hell and high water, God now wants you to go to the front line and face your Goliath and come back, glory to God, with a trophy saying, I went in one way, but I'm coming back victorious. Where the real warriors at? Glory to God. Man messed up, and there's distance between he and God. Now God has to seek the man out. He seeks and to save that which is lost. This is, this, is, this is what you need to know about God. Sometimes the devil will tell you when there's distance between you and God, you're just out there. But you don't understand God. One thing I know about him is that when you're lost, he comes seeking for you to find you. Notice he always knew where Adam was. He always knew. Adam didn't go seeking for God. He's hiding. God called out, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Like you would do for your child. Where you at? I got a big, I got a big pool. No, 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 no. I don't want you at the bottom of that. Where you at? I know you have a tendency to stray. Where you at? I, need to know. I can't handle you spending three, four hours out of my sight. And I don't know where you are. There's some creatures out there. Where you at? One thing I know about God, you go astray, he'll leave 99. He'll leave 99 and go into the mountains to seek that one. Which, that's why you can't rest. That's why you can't sleep. You keep turning. Because he's searching for you. He seeks and to save that which was lost. God always initiates the encounter of recovery. You're in the rubble. You can't recover yourself. But he initiates it. He has the plan. He wants to build a relationship with you. He initiates the building or the rebuilding of that relationship. And I want a fresh, vibrant, and dynamic relationship with God. And only a true knowledge of God can build that. The only the, a true knowledge of God can become the foundation of us reconnecting with God. Amen. Remember, we're moving past vagueness to clarity. So a true knowledge of God is the basis for the clarity. A true knowledge of a person is the basis for the relationship. That's why before we rush and get married... We spent about a year investigating. Check credit cards. Credit scores. I say you check credit scores. You know what? Let, let me see your driver's license. What you say your name is? I want to make sure it's your real name. I don't need no identity theft up in here. Well, I'm offended. You didn't trust. How can I trust you when I don't know you? How can I? That's what we do. Spend the year. You're not going to die. Spend the year investigating. Ask a thousand questions. How do you like your mom? What do you do with you? Tell me about your relationship. How many times have you been married? 20? <laughs> What, you, what do you think is going to happen if I marry you? <laughs> I thought I had the right church in here. 
Young people, you need all of this, all of you lovers. You, you need to get yourself with somebody that's been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Investigate. Ask 10,000 questions. And if the questions bother you or bother the person, it's not the person for you. You got to lay yourself bare if you're going to ever tie your life together and your resources together. So God initiates the encounter. The, the, the encounter. And if you want a true uh, relationship with God, it must start with a true knowledge of God. A true knowledge. You don't have to be a, a scholar, but you need to have a true knowledge of God. God searches for the lost. That's what you need to know. Now, I got to get back to God. God is searching for you. You can't even come to him, know this, unless he draws you. I can be preaching my guts out and you'll be like, ah, ah. But when he draws you, you'll start paying attention. Your eyes will come open like, whoa. But it's really God stirring something in you so you can receive the word. This is how God is. You're running your pattern. He taps you on the shoulder. So he, he's the one throwing you the ball. He rushes out, taps you on the shoulder so you can look. Then he throws it according to the pattern so you can catch it. He does it all for you. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Who cooked the food? You know what? God prepared the table. He fixed the meal, the one that you like. In the midst of your enemies. And instead of worrying about what they think and what they do, you should enjoy every morsel. Your taste buds have been made alive through him. He not only do that, but he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. All of this suits the father's purpose. His pursuit of me, not my pursuit of him. His pursuit of me fits his purpose. He's God and God alone. God allows Satan to be our enemy. He allows stuff to happen in our garden. He allows things to occur so he can always show up as Savior. He's not getting, he doesn't want Satan to get the advantage of you. That's why he always gives you tips. He erects preachers who can preach and equip the saints for the work of ministry, but there's an adversary and he allows the adversary to flow because it all suits his purpose. Notice God was visible to Adam and to Eve, but he, but he was also unknown by them. Hear my, hear my word. They, they walked with him, but they didn't know him. They should have known that he was a forgiving God. They should have known. If you walk with a person, you should know him, right? But you can actually walk with someone and not know them. You could be in the same church and not know them. You could be in the same house and not know them. You could be vague in your knowledge of the person. And it's not real clear. And then you get shocked when you see some temperaments or dispositions or character traits. The key is to know. The key is to ask the questions, to become inquisitive, to be like Moses, seeing something burn. What is that? How, how, this bush has been burning for three hours. It should have burned out. But it's still burning. Five hours. Seven hours, a whole day. 
The entire night is burning. Let me get up there to see what this is. And some of us, there are things happening around us, but we're not inquisitive enough. God is leaving out, leaving markers for us to ask questions about him. Somebody just pays for your grocery. Somebody just helps you. I was going to a, a 7-Eleven on yesterday to pick up a refreshment, actually a Slurpee. <laughs> it was hot outside. It was hot. It was hot. So I picked up this Slurpee. But anyway, this lady was pushing a, a walker and I could tell it would be hard for her to open the door and push the walker through. So I opened the door for her and she said, thank you, sir. And then the man that was with her walked through it. He said, thank you very much, sir. And then the next person walked well, like, hey, I'm not the usher here. <laughs> you look like you could open the door. How many of you have seen people that just love for people to do stuff for them, but they won't do nothing for anybody else? They just love the way somebody treats them, but they won't kick it back and make sure they do something for somebody else. They love to walk through the open door, but they don't open up any doors. I decree and declare, man, I started this. take some oil and slap it on a few people today because somebody needs to know that this is about what your God is saying about you, not what the world is saying. Hallelujah. And I need to let you know and decree and declare that you're coming out of that vague atmosphere. You're coming out of the cloud that you've been in. You're coming out of I just don't know what's going on. And you're moving into a place called clarity. Oh, Jesus. This I know, God loves me. This I know, he will never leave me nor forsake me. This I know, I was once bound, but now I set free. This I know, I was blind. Y'all talking about, he did this and he did that and he blasphemes. But I know, I was once blind, but now I can see. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together. Holy Ghost is here. Since your eternal life is relational, if you know Jesus, you have eternal life. Then why won't you know Jesus? If eternal life is tied to a relationship, why would you be vague about the relationship? If a million dollars was tied to me, would you try to seek me? So you can find me. If knowing me got you a million dollars in your account, would you be vague about it? Would you drive 10 miles, 15 miles a day, 30 miles a day to get that million? Eternal life is tied to a relationship with a person, not a church or denomination. And that person's name is Jesus. If you have him, you have the father. If you have him, you have an inheritance. If you have him, you have eternal life. If you have him, you can breathe after you die. If you have him, you can go to the next level. If you have him, you win no matter what battle you're in. So why are you casual about the relationship? 
Why don't you know these things about him? If he carries all of this weight, his blood is efficacious, which means it was spilled 2,000 years ago, but it never lost any power. The stain in your life can be wiped away. Thank you, Lord. All you have to do is know it. There are many influential people in the world that are totally convinced that Jesus doesn't even exist. God doesn't exist. We call them atheists, agnostics. They feel that way until they have some pain or in a car wreck. They still call Jesus. Going into surgery. I don't believe in Jesus, but please pray for me. All of that stuff that you talk about, but you don't believe intellectual stuff. You go through a few trials, you'll call on it. I've seen it many times. One summer we fed 3,000 here. It was a beautiful summer. I, the Lord spoke to me to feed my sheep, and we called it Feed My Sheep. And 3,000 people came in here and got a meal. There was a dude. We picked him up, <laughs> brought him in, and, and our, mem our members volunteered. They came in early in the morning, was cooking bacon, eggs, and sausage, and grits, and all of that stuff. And so he was on his second helping. He said, I don't believe in God. Like you're sitting in God's house and people serving you grits. I said, do you believe? One of the members asked him, do you believe in grits? Do you believe it? You're eating it. You were hungry, right? Well, think about this. God supplied your need, even though you don't believe in it. You're that ignorant to say that in this house? If you don't believe in him, why would you take his provision? I wouldn't, if I didn't believe in something, I'm pushing back from it. I'm not going to take the provision until, and while I'm dealing with it, I don't believe in it. I'm not going to get into a pro program from the government and then I don't believe in government. What you do is back away from the program. You don't take a stimulus check and then turn around and talk about, I don't believe in the government. <laughs> you cashed that check, didn't you? Same people that took a check and spent it. It's talking about what well, they don't believe in the government, don't believe in the vaccine, don't believe in this and that. Don't, what are you talking about? And there are people, God is taking care of them every single day. And they say, I don't believe in God. It's just short-lived. That's real ignorance from an intelligent person or intelligent mind. This is the main reason why Jesus said in John 6 and 44, please write down this text. John 6 and 44, it's on the screen, New King James Version, no one can come to me unless the Father gives them clarity. Unless the Father who sent me draws him so you don't just say I'm going to church. Father is working stuff out. <laughs> Holy Ghost is invading, hovering over your darkness, and he's drawing you to God. He's actually manip manipulating circumstances to get you tired of this. You wouldn't look at God at first, but he gets you tired of this, so you begin to lift up your eyes toward the hills. No one can come to me 
unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. In other words, when you believe in me, even if you die, I'm going to resurrect your body. That's a powerful promise. That's a powerful promise. And then in Matthew 11 and 27. Matthew 11 and 27. Verse 27 reads like this. All things have been delivered to me. We're talking about Jesus now. You want a relationship? Notice all things have been delivered to me by God, my father, who, look at this, and no one knows the son except the father. Nor does anyone know the father except the son and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him. So the, the clarity about God, the father, even God, the son comes in a relationship with the son. If you want clarity of mind, you don't just say, I'm going to read the Bible. I need a relationship with Jesus. Coming out of this pandemic, I get a relationship with Jesus. There's some clarity that's going to come to my life about God and every spiritual matter, which actually everything natural is created by spirit first. Every building was created first in the mind of somebody. Every roadway. Glory to God. We just got back from Richmond, Virginia, and that, there's 12 hours of driving. North, North uh, Florida, Georgia to Savannah, going into South Carolina, Charleston and Florence, and then all the way into North Carolina. You got uh, Fayetteville, Little Vietnam, and then you step up into Virginia. All of that property is owned by somebody. All of those buildings are owned by somebody. Somebody built them. And it was first planted in their mind before you see the building created. This is man-made. Listen to me. And uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. You don't see God. But he wanted the world to be saved. And then he manifests Jesus. It starts in the spirit first before you see it manifested in the natural. Thank you, God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Hallelujah. By faith the worlds were framed. Faith is an invisible force but it is necessary to frame your world. Thank you God. It is necessary for you to have a good report. It is necessary for the unseen to become visible. Glory to God. It is necessary for you to come out of darkness into a marvelous light. And it's necessary for you to know God and to know his son. And if you know God and know his son, God will bring you to clarity. Yeah. Woo, Jesus. I like it. I like it. I like it. Glory to God. John 6 and 44, no one comes to him unless the father draws him. He adds the same thing in Matthew chapter 11 and 27. You reread it. No one knows the father except the son. And the one to whom the son wills to reveal him. Only true believers, those to whom God has specifically revealed himself, 
have truth and thus eternal life. It's so simple but so complex if you're outside of clarity. How do you get clarity? You get Jesus. That's the bedrock to know him. Then you begin to understand and perceive. Trying to understand the depths of the oceans and you've never gone in the submarine. You stand on the outside of it. You will be standing there for the next thousand years. But once you get in the sub and you trust it and allow that sub to take you into the depths, then you'll understand what all the instruments are about. But you've got to get inside the submarine. You've got to get inside of the ark to really understand it. To be clear. You just see a big boat. What is he doing? What is Noah doing? That's stupid. What is he doing? Don't understand that a, a storm is coming. You won't understand until you get inside of the boat. Write it down because God is a personal spirit. A personal spirit. We can know him. God wants to live inside of you personally. Not just at your church. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. He wants to go with you. He's a personal spirit. And he seeks intimate fellowship. Communion with all of us. Psalm 143 and 6. This is a good passage. Psalm 143 and 6. I reach out for you. I thirst for you. As parched land thirsts for rain. I search for you. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. He's also incomprehensible. You would not be able to understand him walking in this earth without a vessel to take you there. Did you know that our sun in this hemisphere, our sun, that star is like gas. Do you know that? Do you know what it takes to generate light from its inner core? You know all of the stuff that has to happen for it to give off light, that star? Well, that star is a type of Father God. You get too close to him, you're going to burn up. Just jump it up too close. Go another mile up or two miles up toward that sun. You're going to start feeling some heat. Go three miles closer to it. You're going to start saying, I, I better get back on the earth. Hotter than any desert. This earth is positioned just right. Just, I don't know how you can say this came out of a big bang. It's just right, just enough to keep us warm but not killing us. Who, who designed that? That's like Father God. He's brilliant. He's powerful. He, he'll burn it up, but he casts light. The light from the sun is Jesus. A type of Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. In other words, I'm, I'm the same light that's on the sun, but I temper myself to only give you brilliance, but I won't burn you up. 
And I will relate with you to show you what he's all about. You want to know him? Stand in the light. You want to know him? Come out of your clubs. Come out of the dark hole. Stand in the light. You want to know him? Know his word. He sent me. He sent me. That's what he's saying. He sent me. He sent me for you. To know him is incomprehensible to walk across the sun and remain people. But I'll take you there. I'll take you to him. And the heat that you feel is the Holy Spirit. A type of the Holy Spirit. Father in essence, the sun, shining light is Jesus made flesh in the earth. And the spirit of God is the heat that you feel, especially when you're cold. Not only does he warm you from the outside in, his spirit lives in us and he warms us from the inside out. All of that heat tempered so you can live in it. I'm getting ready to close Hebrews chapter one. I got to read it to you. You want to know God? I'm coming back at 11 to tie this up. You got to have some this I knows in your life. Know him first. For those of you that have been saved a long time, you want the deep things of God. You don't even know Jesus. As soon as a trial hits you, you're ready to quit. As soon as you have a disappointment in your church, I'm done. What do you know about God? Regardless of where you go, you're going to have disappointments. Unless you stay home all of the time. You engage people, you're going to have disappointment. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. I love it. God, Father God, who at various times, sundry times, and in various ways, diversity, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. In other words, Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, Nehemiah spoke to God's people as prophets to them. Look at verse 2. Has in these last days, and we're living in the last days, spoken to us not just by the prophets. He does use the prophets, but they're not the primary voice. A lot of people are moving to the prophetic. I gotta, you got to start knowing. That's why you're unclear. That's why you're waiting on somebody to come in town and point at you. That's why you're waiting for somebody to say, thus said the Lord God. You don't even understand. Things have shifted. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers, the leaders, by the prophets. Verse 2, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, the light that shines, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So he's saying to you, there is no inferior uh, mediator between me and my people. Now my son is the voice. My son and his word is the voice. The one that you don't really embrace. Yeah, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? But you don't say that name, Jesus. 
We can talk about God. Every religion will talk about God, whether it's Allah or Jehovah. But when you start talking about his son, when you start speaking the name Jesus, it'll make people quiver. I don't like that name. Who is he? Who is he? Who is Jesus? Now, Christy, Christo, no. His name is Jesus. And his name has been given to us. Hallelujah. Whereby everyone is saved through that name. <laughs> because it's in the name of Jesus. That knees bow and tongues will confess that our God is God. Notice through him he made the worlds. And then in verse 3 who being in the brightness of his glory. Notice look at the writer man. Look at the writer. He never went to heaven. I don't know if it was Apollos or Paul. But he says Jesus is the brightness of the father's glory. So you want to know God? All you got to do is look in his face. Hallelujah. He's in the brightness of the Father's glory and the expressed image of the Father's person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had glory to God by himself, purged by himself, purged by himself, purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become, look at the word, so much better than angels. Glory to God as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Woo, Jesus. Everybody like the angel came and talked to me and an angel showed up in my life. But the Bible says having become uh, so much better than the angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The son exalted above angels. Look at verse 5. For to which of the angels did he even say? You are my son. Today I have begotten you. He never spoke that to Gabriel. He never spoke that to Michael. Lucifer wanted him to say it. But he never said it to Lucifer. But to the son, glory to God. He says, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. I want you to have clarity. Uh, I want you to have an understanding. Uh, I want you to know who you are from the inside out. Uh, a man that don't know who he is will walk around trying to mimic everybody else. Uh, but today that changes. God wants you to know who he made you to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and your soul should know it well. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be my son. Woo, Jesus. Look at verse 6. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world. Now I want you to see something here. Here the son is having a conversation with the light. Before he manifests in the world. Look at in the world. Look at the word. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world. This is the conversation he's having with him before he manifested in, Ma in Mary's womb. <laughs> Let all the angels of God worship him. That's what he said, hallelujah. As he's bringing the firstborn in the world, he said, I want all of you, hallelujah, when I send the Magi into, into Israel and they begin to worship him, when they get around that manger, I want all of the hosts to stand around and begin to say glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to all men. 
He didn't do that for the angels. The angels are giving God glory for the son. And I don't know why church folk won't give God praise for Jesus. Because he's the one that's bringing us out of the pandemic. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that you need to give praise. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. But he is strong. I know Jesus loves me. I know he saved me. I know he cares about me. I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know he's coming again to receive me unto himself. That where he is, I will be also. I know he takes care of my wounds. I know that my heart shouldn't be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house, there are many men. Ah, Glory to God. Put your hands together. Ah. Let all the angels worship him. Verse 7. And the angels. And of the angels he says. Different conversation. Who makes his angels spirits. And his ministers a flame of fire. Angels are supposed to bring messages. But he didn't ascribe to them glory and honor. Verse 8. But to the son he said. He's different than the angels. Your throne. This is what he says to his son. Your throne, O God, is forever. And forever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, talking to his son, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. More, everybody say more. More than your companions. He stands above all the rest. Glory to God. And if you want clarity, of mind that's going to propel you through the next season. You got to start with this one. And his name is Jesus. Yes. Glory to God. Just like I shared to you as I close. If I, was, I had access through me. You had access to 10 million. You would get to know me. I would have to tell you to get off my porch. <laughs> you would be at the door. You would be at the door. If I told you to have access to the 10 million, you got to treat me kindly. You would keep treat me kindly. You wouldn't speak to me weird. You wouldn't say weird things to me to hurt my feelings. If I said to get access to the 10 million, I need you to be my chauffeur. All you would pride. You know what you would say? I'll drive. If I say I'm giving you access to the 10 million, but I need you to help me in my car. You would help me in your car, in my car. You would help me to get there. You would make the adjustment to get the resource. And I'm showing you that Jesus is clarity to the Father's wealth, to all that you need in the earth. You don't bypass him. You don't go to prophets 
And you don't go to angels. The prophet has his place, but he's not Christ. Read the text, you'll get clarity of mind. We need prophets, but not like we need Jesus. And the people who are constantly going after that don't have a good, clear knowledge of who he is. They are vague as it relates to that. I was talking to some uh, people of uh, different religions, say, uh, what I mean by that, they don't believe like we believe. I'm not putting anyone down. And when I started talking about Jesus being the Sabbath, the New Testament Sabbath, they kept going back to the Old Testament. I said, let me take you to the scriptures. Uh, yeah, but, but what do you mean, but? Look at this right here. Come unto me and I will give you Sabbath. I will give you Sabbath. Therefore, your throne, the scripture says, your throne, oh God, is forever and ever. Your throne, Jesus' throne. So you want to talk about a day, but not the throne that has been given to the man, Jesus? It was so hard for them to say his name. They wanted to say Sabbath. I said, but his name is Jesus. Sabbath is Jesus. Sabbath is Jesus. Wait, no, see, it's a day we got to, okay, the day is the person. It was hard. And when people are going after those things, it means they're vague in their knowledge of who he is. Don't let that be named among you. Those of you that are watching on the internet, Jesus is the way. When you get to know him, he'll give you the understanding of the universe. He'll give you the understanding of the prophets and their role. He'll tell you what you need to know about politics. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. But don't you neglect God. And seek first my kingdom. And then I'll add the natural things to you. Once you start hearing him speak, everything shifts. You're not just watching the news and your mood changes with the news. The real news is what Jesus said. And everything he said is yea. And amen. Can the church say amen. amen? Put your hands together and give him the glory and the honor. I'm coming back at 11 with this I know. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this invisible God who has manifested himself in three persons. God in creation. Son in redemption. Holy Spirit in regeneration. Holy Spirit. Even now, I thank you for unveiling the knowledge of Jesus even the more. Without this clear, pure foundation, it is hard for our people to perceive the deep things of God. And Father, there is a hunger and a desire for all of us to know you in a better way, a deeper way. I thank you for that. I give you the praise and the glory and the honor. You spoke to my heart from the simple song that Jesus... Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you magnified this I know. Father, I give you praise for that. I pray that there would be an understanding in the midst of your people of a this I know anointing and clarity of spirit. And I pray that we will begin to archive it, Father, in our notepads and notebooks. Things that you've revealed to us personally. I know you saved. 
I know you love us. I know you heal. I know you deliver. I know you will never leave me nor forsake me. And as the blind man that was healed said, you may call him a blasphemer and you may call him a vagabond. You may call him a false prophet, but this I know. I was once blind, but now I can see clearly. So I don't know about what you're talking about. It has no, it has no bearing in my life. Look at me. They used to carry me and guide me. Now I can walk on my own. I was once blind, but now I see. I pray, Father, that there would be an understanding like that, a clarity of vision, of heart and mind and purpose with every person under the sound of my voice and those that would hear this message in the future. Thank you for making it clear and concrete. There's some non-negotiables about our God. But we must know him and we must know it with clarity. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.